This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. There is an unquenchable desire of heaven. And there is an unquenchable desire of hell. I'm just going to talk to you for a little bit here. I am a dying man speaking to dying people. While I'm living, there is an unquenchable desire for your soul. I believe it's Romans. I forgot to write the chapter down. Verse number 27. And as it is appointed unto men wants to die. Excuse me, Hebrews chapter number 9. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Everybody say judgment. I may start this message off a little bit uncanny. I don't think I've preached in this manner before, but I'm here to tell you today, death is pursuing you. If I ever heard a word from the Lord, this is it right now. You're going to die one day. But I want to die while I'm living at the foot of the cross. Death is pursuing you. It is waiting for your soul. Bible says death is certain. But meanwhile, while we await the judgment, and while we wait for our eternity or eternal destination, there is another pursuit that's going on while you are waiting on your death. Say, Pastor, this is sound kind of morbid. Maybe it is, but I'm here to tell you the truth today of what's going to happen in your life. There is an unquenchable desire for your soul. You can turn me down just a little bit. The thirst for hell is your soul. The hell, the Bible says it is enlarging. It is enlarging every day. And the only satisfaction hell gets is when somebody dies and they are taken into a pit of hell. It has an unquenchable desire to consume the souls of humanity. It has an unquenchable desire to destroy everything that God has made for His purpose. 
It has something that will never rest. It is something that will never despair. It is something that will never go away. And that is a thirst, a longer, a longing, a hunger for your soul and your life. One of these desires is the desire, of course, of hell to overtake your soul. There is a thirst for hell for yourself. Hell Fire is satisfied by the growing population that is heading there. But it is not completely resolved yet because there are more that are making their way to a devil's hell. And, and, and those flames and that lake of fire is growing every single day. And the devil is not satisfied, nor is he waiting around in his easy chair, hoping that you will come unto him and just fall at his feet. No, he is out to pursue you. There is a pursuit for your soul when it comes to hell. Hell is a destination, I understand that. But the devil understands that his days are numbered as well. And he has an end to his life. So therefore he will spend his rest of his time on this earth pursuing you. It is something that he wakes up every morning. It's something that is on his mind all the time. It is something that is on his breath every single day. He's figuring out a way, a wedge, a way, a temptation, a sin that will get you separated from the love of God. But my Bible says, uh, nor height, nor depth, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. And it goes on to say, which is in Christ Jesus. Ah. There is a pursuit. And the only way you can get him off your coattails is if you turn to a king. Because the Bible says the devil is subject to the same king. I believe in the book of Daniel, the Bible says that the devil's got to go to heaven to get his marching orders. And I'm here to tell you, I need a Job-like spirit to rise up and say, Yo, Lord, yet this world may slay him, yet I will trust him. We need to get some persuasion about us. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 1. Turn there real quick. Habakkuk chapter number 2, verse number 1. I don't have it marked. Hang on one second. He's got it. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am approved. Verse number 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Everybody say, make it plain. That he may run that readeth it. Verse number 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end of it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not Terry, verse number four. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Somebody say faith. Verse number 5, ye also because he transgresseth by wine, he is proud man, neither keepeth at home, who enlargeth his desire as hell. 
and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all. Somebody say all. The pursuit for your soul, the devil has, is something that is real, that is something that is true, it's something that is biblically sound, that the devil is after your soul. Bible says that the devil will not be satisfied with just one or two making it to hell. He wants everybody to go to hell. I'm gonna, is it okay to preach this way just a little bit here today? I got some good news for you at the end of this, but just hang with me just for a moment. The devil has got his, his imps, he's got his demons all aligned and ready to tackle your soul. They got a game plan. I said they got a game plan. He is walking about looking to see whom he may devour. Hell has enlarged his desire and so has man. As a result of the devil pursuing your life and your soul, there are people that have taken on the mindset of the devil in that they are never satisfied with anything. They are never satisfied with the next video. They're never satisfied with some carnal desire of this world. They always want more. They always want more. They always want the next neat thing. They always want the next piece of technology. They always want the next video. They always want to be wow there's always that next level of shock and all in this world the devil is enlarged our hearts to accept things that we thought we would never accept in this life there is a pursuit that the devil has put in our soul and that is to satisfy our carnal life more than satisfying our spiritual life because we don't see this war in our spirit against our flesh. We don't see this war that is waging for our soul. The devil has a pursuit for you, but I'm thankful that there is a greater pursuit for my soul that is more powerful than any devil, that is more powerful than any temptation, more powerful than any sin of my past, more powerful than what people may say, more powerful than any criticism that may come my way. I'm glad to know and I'm happy to tell you there is a name that is above every name. His name is Jesus. We find also that the devil, yes, he is pursuing us. But I'm here to tell you today the Lord is pursuing as well. He's got an agenda as well. In fact, the Bible says he was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And guess what? He fulfilled exactly what he said he would do. He laid himself on a cross. He laid himself on a cross. They put nails in his wrist. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They mocked him. They scoffed him. They put him to shame. But oh, where grave, where is thy victory? tree and death where is thy sting because my God Jesus the one that was pursuing after me rose from that grave and he took the keys to death hell and the grave and came out victorious somebody say amen when he made you and I he was in a constant pursuit to a conversation with you and I 
He's in a constant pursuit to to commune with you. He's in a constant pursuit to love you. He's in a constant pursuit to search you. He's in a constant pursuit to to know you. He's in a constant pursuit for you to talk to him. I preached on it a few weeks ago, but when the disciples were going going across the Sea of Galilee and the storm came, the Lord in Scripture, it says that he was up on the mountain watching them row against the wind and the waves. He said, come on guys, where's your faith? Come on guys, you can do this. And the Bible says he began to walk on the water and was going to pass them by. You know, sometimes it feels like the Lord is about to pass us by, but what he is really doing, he's praying that we our pursuit of faith and trust in him would supersede the pursuit of fear in your life. The devil was laughing at them as they were complaining across that sea. The devil was like, I got them. Fear is now in their hearts. And Jesus is up on the mountain. There's nothing that can be done. But old Jesus began to walk. And they began to call upon the one who can calm the storm. He called upon the one who can heal the lame man. They called upon the one. He called on the one who could heal the blinded man. He called on the one who can turn water into wine. He called on the one who can do everything that we desire. And once they've been seeing Jesus walk on the water, he stopped on the water and they bid him to come. Ladies and gentlemen, you may, the pursuit of fear may be wrapped up in your life, but Jesus, his pursuit of you is greater than the pursuit of this world and of the devil. I'm here to tell you there is an unquenchable desire of heaven and hell, but I'm here to report to you today, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Psalms 139 says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Somebody say amen. Thou understand my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whether shall I go from my spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence. If I ascend up in heaven, thou art there. Come on somebody. If I make my bed in hell, behold that thou art there. That means to tell me the pursuit of hell. I can go through hell and high water, but the pursuit of God can go right into the pits of hell, into the center of my despair, and pluck me right out. I'm here to tell you today, God is in a pursuit that is greater than the pursuit of this devil that we fight every single day. Because no matter where you are, the pursuit of God will reach down. 
if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. And the darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. You may be afraid of the dark, but I'm glad to know my God is not afraid of the dark of this world. Sometimes we get too much credit to the devil. Sometimes we get too much credit for the one speaking on the one shoulder and we lose sight of another one on the other shoulder. I'm here to tell you today, the devil has no authority in a child of God. Come on, I want you to preach with me right now. I usually don't do this, but I want you to preach with me right now. And I want you to get in your mind and in your spirit to tell you today that the devil has no authority. Come on, look to your neighbor and tell them them that the devil has no authority. He has no right in a child of God. He has no say in my life. He has no authority to speak into my life. And he has no authority to give an outcome that which he desires. I'm here to tell you today, those have the desires of the Lord. And that's what I'll seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. What are you talking about, pastor? I know there is a God who came. You know what? The devil didn't die for me. I was telling you, the devil didn't die for me. He didn't take the keys of death, hell, and the grave, but I know one who did, Alice. I know there is a God, and it's not just a fairy tale. It is Jesus. God robed himself in flesh, humbled himself, died for me, and pursued me. Verse number 13, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right. Well, David did not have a a complex about who he was and about who Jesus was. David understood who he was. He said, I'm a sinner saved by the grace and the mercy of God. And when you put God in his rightful place, you can walk out of here with your head held high and with a confident step in your life because greater is he. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance from the time that my mother and father laid in a bed and made me God knew exactly who I was. Yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which his continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto, everybody say unto, 
my God has thoughts for me coming unto me that's pursuing me his word pursues me his love pursues me his kindness pursues me his love is everlasting and I'm here to tell you when God pursues us and we submit ourselves to him the Bible says things will begin to follow us because we're pursuing how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Somebody say amen. I'm thankful that the Lord God Almighty pursues me. That he loves me. That he wants to dine with me. The Bible says in Genesis, the Adam and Eve did not go and try to, hey, Jesus, where are you? Lord, where are you? God, but the Bible says he came down to them and pursued them. When they sinned and ate of that fruit, the Lord pursued them. He knew exactly where they were, but he still called them. He still reached out to them. He still loved them. Habakkuk chapter number 2 again. Verse number 4. Behold his soul which is lifted up, up, up is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith. Ye also because he transgresseth by wine he is a proud man neither keepeth the home who enlarged his desire as hell and is a death and cannot be satisfied but gathereth unto him all nations and heapeth unto unto him all people. The devil is trying to pursue you and to keep you, can I say it, from the house of God, from the people of God beginning to give yourself to the kingdom of God. He's trying to get you distracted. He'll get you distracted with all kinds of things and I can name a few. I might as well go ahead and name a few. The devil will try to get you distracted from the kingdom of God with your work. You say, Pastor, that is, that's just work. No, he will do anything possible to keep you from the kingdom of God. He will tell you that you cannot. He'll tell you that you will not. He will tell you that you should not. He'll tell you that you're full of shame and your past defines your future. But that's not what my God tells me. He says you will. You shall. You will be able to. You will overcome. In fact, your past that used to haunt you don't need to haunt you no more because I went to the cross and I'm going to wash away that past and I'm going to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So therefore, when I come to the cross and I allow the pursuit of God to reach down into my spirit, something changes in my life. There is a new thing that starts in me. Romans chapter number 8, verses number 28. Start at verse number 28, Raphael, and we know that all things work together for good to love to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Everybody say his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I don't have time to preach that. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, 
whom he did predestinate. Them also called, and whom he called. Them he also justified, and whom he justified. Them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Question mark. I believe he knew the answer to that question, but he was trying to define some things in their life. He said, who in this world can come against you if you know God? It goes back to what I preached a little bit last week. There's got to be a resolution in our spirit. And we're going to get to it here in a minute. There's got to be somebody that stands up and says, now I am persuaded. There's a reason why I talked about who Jesus is and why I had Brandon preach on One God Wednesday night. I'm here to, we got to good, 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 get a good glimpse of who God is. And who God is, is he gave himself, robed himself in flesh and gave us a name, which the Bible says is above every name. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Uh, you need to resolve that question today. I said you need to resolve that question today. You go against peril. You go against comments. You go, some of you will walk home into a devil's den. Bible says in James chapter number 4, when temptation comes, uh, sin is lying at the door. You don't have to worry about sin coming in because it's already there. And you're trying to be the only one to live for the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, what shall you say then to these things? If God be for you or is he against you? I said, is God for you or is he against you? Oh, see, we ain't got to resolve yet. Is God for you? Come on, Jordan. You're with me right now. Is God for you? Is he against you? My Bible says that he is for me. I said my Bible says God is for me. So when I go into that home, I can be armed with the presence and the spirit of God. All right, we're getting somewhere. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Everybody say all. But pastor, you don't understand. God doesn't love me. Quit being selfish. God does love you. It says it right in his word. You say you're your believer. I said you say you're a believer. Come on, you say you're a believer. But then we just take scriptures out. Well, that doesn't fit for me. God just must not love me. Oh, yes, he does. We got to be convinced of that. Who shall lay? Let me go back to verse number 32. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with them also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to his charge of God's elective? Is it God that justifieth? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. I love that scripture. He said, it is Christ that died. You know what? Yeah, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And then here it comes, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm going to preach it again. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as is as it is written. I'm telling you, those four words right there mean something to me. As it is 
is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted sheep for the slaughter. But no, I will not accept being a sheep and accounted for slaughter in all these things. We are more. We're not just a conqueror. We're more than a conqueror. Do you know what a conqueror is? Somebody that overtakes a land. But I'm more than somebody just overtakes a land. I'm somebody, I am more than a conqueror through him that what loved us. For I am persuaded. Here we go. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are right now, nor things that will come. nor things to come, nor things to come. You know what's coming tomorrow? The devil's coming tomorrow. He's coming for a pursuit for your soul. So the Bible, it covers what's to come. The Lord knew that he, the devil's out to pursue you, but he is laying the groundwork and the word of God for you to know that whatever will come, whatever is going to pursue you, does not have the power to be a conqueror over you. I'm here to tell you today, there is nothing that's going to separate me from the love of God, for I am persuaded. Come on, we gotta get some persuasion about us right now. We gotta get some uh, some 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 fortitude about us. You walk into a place that does not have God. The Bible says, even though I am in hell, God sees me. David pursued an army. He got some guys together. He said, We're gonna go take it all back. He said, They come and took my family. They took my wives. They burned our houses. They did all these things. He said, all right, guys, we're going to go take it all back. We're going to be more than a conqueror right now. The Bible says they got up out of that place. They pursued. They overtook. And the Bible says they recovered all. They were more than a conqueror. I said they were more than a conqueror. So it goes back to the four words, for I am persuaded. I walk into a hospital room. I am persuaded that my God can heal. You come into the house of God. I am persuaded that God can forgive. I am persuaded that God can heal somebody right now. I am persuaded that if you raise your hands in this place right now, my God can come down from heaven and can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire. I am persuaded that Jesus did not just die on the cross, but he rose again on the third day. Come on, saint of God, are you persuaded? Are you persuaded enough that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Are you... Are you persuaded enough that you can look the devil in the eye and say, no, doc, you ain't got no authority here. I am a child of the most high God. 
Come on, stand to your feet right now. Get some persuasion in your prayer. Get some persuasion. Take that territory back in your family. Take that territory back with your lost loved ones. I am persuaded. Get the spirit of David about you. Lord, you're pursuing me, so I'm going to pursue what's rightfully yours. I wish I had the words and the vocabulary to share with you how I really feel. But all I got is the word of God. And the word of God says we need to be persuaded. So I'm not going to stop preaching until I feel like we're persuaded in this place. Because my God wants a church that just not penny-wasted somebody that just goes through the motions. But I want to be filled with the power of God. Come on, get some persuasion in your clap. Get some persuasion in your praise. Get some persuasion. Some of, you, some of you need a healing in your body, but you're not persuaded enough to get prayed for. The woman with the issue of blood, she was persuaded. She was persuaded. She got down and crawled if she had to. She went between people's legs if she had to. Excuse me. Get out of my way. Would you please just move? Because I am persuaded that if I touch just the him. Blind Bartimaeus was persuaded. He said, I'm going to cry out to the Lord. People around him told him to shut up. But I'm here to tell you, he was persuaded. I said he was persuaded and because they had a glimpse of who was coming by. And guess what? In the book of Acts, there was a group of people that were persuaded. They were persuaded. There was a promise that was written. There was a promise that was given. He said, I'm going to send a comforter to you. So they were persuaded. How do we know that they persuaded? They didn't want to leave until they were entombed with power. They were persuaded that I'm not going to let anything keep me from being filled with the Holy Ghost. They would say, I know what the Lord has promised, and it is true, every word that he says. And if the Bible says that he is going to fill us with his power, I might as well remain right here and pursue him as he pursues me. Now here right now, we cannot be scared in the next moment. We don't need to be bashful in the next moment. Because when the Lord begins to pursue you right now, in the name of Jesus, you need to run out to meet him. So here it goes. How much do you want Jesus? How much do you want your healing? How much do you want your deliverance? How much do you want to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost? 
so you can tread on the serpent. You can take back territory. You can take back dominion. Because in my fallen sinful state, I can't take dominion. But I know how I can. And that is through the being a blood-bought saint of God. All right. I'm done preaching for that part. Right now is your time. The Lord is, you know God's pursuing you, and you know the devil's on his, on your foottail. Yeah. And I can't quote it quite right. Some of you Bible scholars could probably quote this better than I can. But when the devil and the roaring lion is out to devour me, the Bible says he stumbles and he falls. It's because when the devil pursues me, he can't take a bite out of a holy saint of God. He can roar. All he's going to get is my dust that I'm kicking up behind me. And all he's going to get a mouthful of mercy. He's going to get a mouthful of goodness. He's going to get a mouthful of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? He can't swallow the Holy Ghost because he cannot be redeemed. That was part two. But this right here, right now, this in this place here today, if you want to leave this place knowing you are blood bought, that you are set free from the devourer. You are set free from the pursuit of this world and the things of this world. I'm here to tell you today, throw your hands in the air. Come down to an altar to pray and pursue God while he may be found. Because tomorrow is not promised to you and death will certainly come. So I I might as well be subject to my own death and say I will die out to myself in the presence of God. If you're done doing what you've always done and you're tired of getting what you've always got, I have a name. I said I have a name. And it's not my name. It's the name that is above every name. Come on, somebody preach with me here for a moment. It's a name that is above every name. If you have been set free, if your blood and your sins have been washed away, won't you give God some praise right now and begin to love your creator. Come on, love your creator. Get a good glimpse of who Jesus is. So right now, if you have a need in your body, if you have a need in your soul, you have a need in your family, if you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, I am willing and I'm able to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Bible says it is a promise that he shall fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So right now, let's pray right now. I rebuke the devourer of this world right now, Jesus. I stand upon the cornerstone which you have given to us, which is your name. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
I hope I didn't wear you out enough that you can't come and pray. I remember playing sports and acting a fool this world. They say, come on, Tim, let's play one more. You got one more in you? I was like, I think I got one more in me. Then we play another game. They say, Tim, you got one more in you? It doesn't look like it, but I got one more in me. I'm here to tell you, when we worship the Lord, we give up sometimes. And we're saying, the Lord saying, you got one more in you. You got one more praise in you because I'm about to dump a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. So if you have a need in this place, I, I'm, I'm, if you have a need, I know an author. I know a writer. He's going to write some beautiful things. When somebody goes down to an altar and they repent of their sins, the author steps out. Repented. What sin? Been blood bought and washed away in sin and baptism. He writes baptism in my name in the Lamb's book of life set apart, filled with the Holy Ghost I identify with this soul right now, they're on their way to heaven, the devil's got no hold on them no more blood bought, sanctified justified by my name I really feel that God wants to heal somebody and the author wants to come out on your life and say healed by the name of Jesus I'm willing to pursue God for you, for your healing. And it's not something you have to run for. All you got to do is open up your mouth. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Come on, let's love the Lord right now. If you have a need in your body, or if you need salvation for your soul, begin to raise your hands. The author is in this place. He is pursuing. He is watching. Jesus is on a mountain watching you row right now. And he says, if you keep rowing, just keep having faith in me. I'm about to walk by. I'm about to calm that storm. I'm about to heal your body. I'm about to fill you with my presence. I'm ready to do something that is so full of my glory. You will never be able to deny what I'm about to do in your life. Come on, there's an unquenchable desire for your soul. You're going to give in to one of them. You might as well give in to the pursuit of Jesus Christ. see the devil coming 
but I see you coming, robed in glory. I see you coming with healing in your hand. I see you coming with deliverance in your hand. Come on, we got one right now that wants to pursue. Says, I'm going to step out of my seat and come down. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.